It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. For the AL Central route yeah. for ESPN, Steve, if you take 179 full, what you got right there, 218, it's not a great division, let's be frank. ESPN gave Minnesota a B+, Cleveland a C-, minus, Detroit a D, Kansas City an F, and Chicago an F-, minus, minus, minus. They yeah. literally put three minuses yeah. in the article. I wanted to be a little more polite. I just put one, but they got – because three looked like one giant dash and didn't look right. But they got an F-, minus, minus, minus. Overall, yeah. too harsh, too fair, just right for the Guardians. Uh, I actually think it was should have been harsher. I would have given them a D. I yep. mean, they 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 were, you know, their record is, what what are they now? Game under five hundred. I can't remember three off the top of my head. The I three on, what were they're they at the end of 17. April? In April, they were, no, 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 that's 14 now. Seven today, they were twelve and fourteen. They were the twelve and fourteen. So they're under five hundred. When to the to that point they had played nobody except for that one Yankee series. The Mariners are okay, but the Mariners are not playing well either. And so they've they've had a very favorable schedule and they've been lousy. And the only reason like it's not a, a bigger disaster is because the division stinks. Now, I don't again, I tell people this all the time. I'm not using that to, I'm not I'm not writing off the team or panicking long term, but the team has been awful in April. I would give them a D for the month of April. Straight D. Um, I, I, can't, I keep trying because to... your expectations factor in, it, and they've disappointed in all in every part of the team is a disappointment right now. I, for me, I just don't know. I, I get why it happens. Like, you know, because we don't have the level. Well, supposedly we don't have the money to go out and get bats and we don't have we can't just keep getting guys like even going after Bell was was you can't whiff on him because that the amount of money you you spend on him it, it, you need him to produce but I think we've we've kind of lulled ourselves to, to into sleep into thinking that you know maybe hitting is not is is important maybe you know yeah our power numbers are down but you know we we have to do it a different way I just don't know. I just don't know if you, you, you can win that way. It's, you know, the offense is, is so anemic that you're counting on your rotation to be completely healthy. Bullpen has to be lights out. And you got to hold guys under three runs. I don't know if you could do that anymore. No, well, I, I, I think you can win that way, but they're not playing that. They're not playing. Like, there's no margin for error. If Zero. you're trying to score runs without power, you've got to be great across the board at getting on base. And they're Defense, not for, – for the first month of the season, they haven't done the things they did last year, Jason, in that way. We're probably splitting hairs here. Yeah. I think C-minus is fair. Yeah. Be, oh, because they've lost 40% of their starting rotation right out of the gate. And this is an organization that's been built on pitching for years. And to lose 40%, now you can argue, Savali, what were you really going to get? But the fact is, 40% of your starting rotation was knocked out right away. So I'll stick with the C-minus there. I don't understand how you give the Twins a B plus. Like, what, what, what are you basing that on? Why are they a B plus? They're three games better than the Guardians. Is that really no, worthy of two I, letter I grades higher? Them a C, C plus. Yeah, the whole division's a C. Yeah, really. Yeah, uh, no, the other three teams. I mean, I, the other three teams are horrible. Detroit, I'd argue, has exceeded expectations. They're still sort of lingering. Yeah, I got, I got to factor that in. I, 
I will quick. When this came out in April, Detroit was eight and twenty-one. They've won three of the last four, and I believe Minnesota was five games over five hundred at the end of April. Okay, so a couple has All changed right. in the last two three days, but it, still. can we name a player on the Guardians that's doing better than you expected? Is there a single guy? Zanino probably. He's hit a little bit better than I thought okay. that he would. Uh, but, but now his batting even, average is back down to two forty. Yeah, more where you think it would be? Right. Um, uh, that's actually probably even still a little bit higher than I thought, but yeah. still. But other than that, like Straw got off to that hot start, that's disappeared. Right, the right field is a yeah, black that, hole right he's now. back. They're, they're getting nothing. And by the way, I'm, I know it's too late now because they signed to an extension. When I was screaming all offseason, go trade for Brian Reynolds, there were an awful lot of people telling me they didn't need a right fielder. Is that not the case, Mike? That there were a lot of people telling me they didn't need a right fielder. It, it is true. Boy, yes. Did say that. Yes. Uh, they need a right fielder. They do need a right fielder. Yeah. And now they got hit with more Espino news yesterday. Yeah, he's done. He's shot. He's shut down for a year or more. It's not good. It's worse yeah. than Tommy John when you're talking shoulder. Oh, and man. Yeah, I mean, he's just gone now. I for mean, a while. I, I texted Zach Meisel. Well, I'll see you in two years yeah. when you're a reliever. Like, you know, yeah, I yeah. think the idea of him as the front of the rotation starter no. took a big hit yesterday. Yep. So, um, and we still have to see Gavin Williams at some point. I think this summer he'll be up. Right. But, yeah, I mean, when you look at who has exceeded expectations, I don't know. Because I got a laundry list of guys who have. Tanner Bybee, has he exceeded expectations? I mean, Bybee and Allen have done a good job. They've only, we didn't have, you know, we didn't even, honestly, I'm sure we both didn't think they were going to be in the big leagues at this point. Not this early. They've both done a nice job. You know, Bieber pitched a good game yesterday, but again, four strikeouts. I think he's had more than four strikeouts in one start. He's got no margin for error. And I mean, freaking Jake Bowers took him out of the park yesterday. Okay, like, I have a question about Jake I, Bowers. I didn't want to bring that up. I had erased who, it from my mind. Who was Jake Bowers, and why was Twitter freaking out about him? Because Jake Bowers was on the, the Indians. And he was awful. He was awful. He's awful. Like, and the Yankees just – I didn't even know he was in the Yankees. I didn't either. I know where every guy is usually. but I had no idea Jake Bowers was still playing Major League so Baseball. Many, the Yankees have like wow. 14 guys on the injured list. I thought he was at Dillard's. <laughs> he was a total bust. He was a guy that I was told, and I'm sure you've heard this too, Jason, who thought he was a superstar before he'd done anything in the big league. Yes. He carried himself that way in the locker room. The guys didn't like him. No. And he stunk. Where He, he, he got a cup of coffee with the Rays. He was okay. One of the worst trades. Here. Frankly, it's one of the worst trades. Of this. I can't remember now who they traded for. Yandy. Oh, God, yeah. Yandy right. to Tampa. Jake Bowers came here. Yeah. I think Edwin was somehow wrapped up in that trade as well. It became a right. It was a three-team But deal. really, if you want to drill yeah, down. Yeah, that was to, the big miss. To Yandy. A rare miss by the Guardians in a trade. But, yeah, I mean, right now, the lineup's been awful. You know, who's having a good season right now? But here, I mean – I think at this point last year, they were 15 and 16. Yeah, oh, they're always terrible. That's why I'm not always. worried long term. Yeah, but but you still have to grade on what you've been given. What they've done so far has been terrible. Uh, you know who's been good so far? Eli Morgan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Middle reliever. He, yeah. Another guy doesn't really overpower. No. Throws low 90s. The bullpen's been a huge disappointment. Karen check. I don't trust at all. Class A has not been, you know, nearly as dominant. Mm-hmm. He's making you nervous right now. Mm-hmm. The, most of the bullpen is struggling right now. Zach Plesak, you can't start him anymore, can you? I mean, I think he's going to AAA, and oh, I would is make he going down. I I think he is. We'll see. I think he. What else are you going to do? Put him in the pen. Well, I agree with that. Yeah. I think if you take off one or two of his pitches, make him a two-pitch pitcher. Yeah. Put him in the bullpen. So send him to the minors and put him in the bullpen. 
And let's see if he can do well, something. Well, you can there. do that now. You don't have to send to the minors well, for that. You can, well, oh, that's true. You can, know, I, I'm going to ask y'all every week. Yeah. Hey, man, you scared about Jose, man? I'm looking at these advanced statistics. You know, his uh, barrel percentage is uh, 30 right now. Get you with the barrel percentage. I don't, uh, know, I don't even know what a good barrel percentage is. I'm not sure. It's well, the Guardians I know it's team not barrel percentage is four and a half, which is 29th in baseball. There is someone worse who? Oakland? Either Oakland or Washington. Uh, Oakland's probably higher. They got a couple guys a team, that are actually hitting. As a team, and I, I was looking up the stuff this morning, and gee, I'll get back to you in a sec, but the, the Guardians have 17 home runs. 16 teams in the league have double that. Well, double. Patrick Wisdom of the Cubs, who's like was a career journeyman, who's kind of found the role for the Cubs the last three years. He's not that good a player, but he's got a lot of power. Has 11 home runs by himself. Jeez. Mm. And the Guardians have 17. I mean, that's just crazy. They're dead last on that, aren't they? No, the Nationals have 16. Oh, really? They have 29. But even if you go at average, like and G, you talk about we're not gonna hit for power. Hit singles, doubles. That's what this yeah. team was kind of built Well, getting on, on base. Getting the, on base is the thing. Yeah, but the How many Guardians right now have an on-base over 350? Have an on-base over 350. Yeah. So you have Jose at yeah. 375. That's good. Quan 361, that's and good. that is it. That's it. Who's third? Zanino at 346. Uh, for Zanino him, that's third. really good. <laughs> that's really good for him. Yeah. Uh, who's fourth? Uh, Miles Straw, 336. Yeah, that, I mean – but you have Jimenez, who they just paid He's 317. Been, again, I'm not panicking about guys with track records. Like Jimenez, I trust. He'll get it together. Rosario's been horrible. He'll get it together. Miles Straw is what he is. Everybody got hot and bothered because he had a good spring training. Like, all of a sudden, now he's going to become a good hitter. Yeah, Josh Naylor can't hit lefties. That's not going to change. Um, he leads his team in RBIs, though. Naylor? He has 18. Because Naylor's really good against righties. And there's nothing wrong with being a platoon player. I don't know why this became a, a bad thing all of a sudden, being a platoon player. He's good against righties. He's a hot and cold hitter. Wow. But, you know, I mean, I, listen, it's all bad right now. The good news is the division stinks. The Tigers, Royals, and White Sox will not be competitive. So you only have to worry about the Twins. They're not that far ahead, behind. And hopefully you get McKenzie and Savali back. But, uh, and you know, Quantrill was better in his last start. But uh, Logan Allen and Bybee, as long as they're pitching well, got to stay in the rotation. And you hope that Colossae can right the ship, he, you know. But you, more you, can't, you, you never could trust bullpens from year to year. It's May. I'm not going to say it's a huge series early week of May, first yeah. week of May. But Twins are in town this weekend. Yep. So you could be uh, tied with them or you could be six out by, oh, by Monday. <laughs> I yeah. don't like that. I don't like For but, May, it's a big series. Yeah. But by, by the way, uh, it just shows overall, like, the whole effect of – um, you not hitting the ball well. You know, Jose Ramirez traditionally does not have people around him, so he sees pitches. Right now, 45% of his pitches is fastball. He's getting a lot of breaking pitches. Almost 37, 38% well, what, of his pitches. What was his percentage balls. of fastballs last year? Do you have um, that? I'd like to know if that's changed significantly. Are you concerned, Jason, about Shane Bieber? 51% last year. Yeah. yeah a little 51. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Just because, like, he's not – he doesn't have the overpowering 98-99. Yeah. So, his 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 margins are razor thin in terms of what he can get away with and what he can't. And we yeah. saw that yesterday. Like, he pitched a great game yesterday, yeah. but made two mistakes, and they hit them both out of the park. Let's face it. I know the, Yanke the Yankees lineup right now is not that good. No. First From of all, five their nine? lineup is not that good, period. They have no Judge, who's their best hitter by far. They have no Stanton. They have no Donaldson. You know, so their lineup right now is not very good. Five through nine is 
as bad or worse than the Guardians. Yeah, frankly. I mean, it's lousy. So, you not like you face. I, I think with Bieber, though, like, Bieber is is on the verge of his first big payday, right? He's. You wonder if he's panicking. I know he's like, seems like there's no emotion there at all. But down deep, the fact that his velocity is way down, he's not like, his, his numbers look fine if you're not watching the games, but he's not the same guy. And he's losing money right now. And trade value. Yeah, well, yeah, sure. So I'll be curious to see how this goes. Um, you know, I, we've said before, I think they got to move him this right. summer or this. Uh, yeah. this and I said on the verge of a payday, it's a year and a half away. But yeah. Still, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think they do anything. I mean, I don't know. They traded Trevor Bauer with a year and a half left. And if they things did. really unravel this year, they might have to look at that. But for now, I'd be surprised sitting here today if they traded him yeah. this year. The, the but wor- over the winter, it'll it'll happen. The word you guys keep saying is razor thin. Like the margins for the Guardians. No, yeah, is uh is like, you know, they have. It, you don't. You never want to watch a team, and you never want to sit there and say, one mistake in the first inning, and you feel like you're panicked because right. now you're like, I, we know we can't make mistakes. Right. You don't. You, you, it's it's uneasy. Like I watch them, I'm like, man. I'm looking for guys get to give up two runs in an inning guys get guys on second base and all of a sudden you're thinking like oh here we go again. This is going to be uphill battle tonight. Yeah. What's the pitching matchup tonight? I don't remember offhand tonight. I believe they're off tonight, aren't they? Oh, today's Thursday. I, yeah, I believe right. they're off tonight and they start yeah. their series, the twin tomorrow series tomorrow with tomorrow. the twins. Yeah, right. Okay. You got the twin series pitching matchups in front of you now. I'll look it up real quick, and then I'll welcome in Phil Hubbard. I see him setting up his okay, shot right I now. Okay, I can bring so it up, too. Give me a sec, but according to the schedule for th- If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Guardians. That's some good Tomorrow's time. pitching matchup is Peyton Battlefield versus Bailey Ober. Oof. You familiar with either of those two? Yeah, well, Peyton Battlefield pitches for the Guardians. So, yeah. <laughs> Bailey well, Ober. I, mean, I, mean, I meant Ober more. Bailey than, Ober uh, just got called up recently. He's been up and down the last two years. He's nothing special. Game two is Logan Allen versus Gray. I believe that's Sonny Gray. Sonny, Sonny Gray has been, been really, he's good. Been really good for and Minnesota. And then you have Quantrill versus Ryan in game three. And he's been really good. Yeah. So the Twins have. A pitching advantage in this series with, no, with you know, but uh, I will see. I don't know. I mean, like, it, it, it's so funny. We felt really good about the team coming in. They feel really shaky right now, but I'm still highly confident that at some point in May, they're going to click and things will start getting better. It's the it's the trademark under Tito. They yeah. always start slowly. They play yeah. their best ball July, August, yes. when you want to be ramping up for September. I'm not at all worried no, about. But there about, are holes on this team. Oh, yeah, of There's course no there are. doubt there are holes. And we've said it a hundred times. They have everything they need to go get whatever they want. And they have needs. It. They're going to yes. have needs. They need, they, they have to add another bat. They have to add a, an outfield bat. I tend to think Lo, Logan Allen could be a bit of a showcase. I don't know that he's, and maybe I haven't talked to him, and maybe I'm wrong, and he is part of their long-term plan. But, you know, Gavin Williams and Tanner Bybee are going to be in Cleveland for a really long time. I, th- I don't think they're going anywhere. Tristan McKenzie, there's three. Uh, we'll see with Quantrill. We'll see with Savali. Right. 
and, and maybe Logan Logan is that, but I just think if he pitches well over the next month, yeah, maybe you trade. He's him. a showcase piece yeah, that can yeah. go get you. And the infield glut that they have, they got to move some of that to get something else. Go ahead, Mike. It is twelve thirty-one, which means it is time to remind the good folks out there that the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show's lunch hour is brought to us by Colleague Racing, the official NASCAR sponsor of Northeast Ohio. And with that, let's welcome on Cavs legend Phil Hubbard, Canton McKinley High School. The alum of G Bush as well. What's up, Phil? How you doing, man? What's up? What's up, guys? How's it going? What's going on? You know, hey, hey Phil, I gotta start off by saying, like, you probably the first dude, like, when I was growing up in McKinley, right? Um, my dad went to McKinley. Um, my uncles, you know, they they run a barber shop, and and I remember going to the barber shop um, and talking to my uncle Oliver and Michael, and all they talked about was they like, look. Phil Hubbard is the baddest to ever come out of Canton. He wanted the coldest to ever do it, man. You know, y'all young boys don't understand. Like, it's it's crazy. I'll, I'll say this. A lot of people don't realize that Kent McKinley is a basketball power, by the way. We got the most div- – Still? Still. All Division right. one wins yeah. of all time. Most wins of all time. They try to wipe man. that away because we, we good in football. But y'all got to give us our flowers, and this is one of the dudes who, uh, who was uh, re- really pivotal in starting that off. Yeah, I was one of the dudes, but I always give it. I give my flowers to Nick Weatherspoon because that's who I I followed and that's who I was uh, motivating me to be a, a basketball player when I was coming up in Canton. He motivated me a lot, to, you know, to play for McKinley. So that's you know, it's been a it's been a a lot of good players that's come to Canton. I mean, you, we just you can name a few. We got Eric Snow, Gary Grant, yep. C.J. McCollum. We we have a, a just. You know, numbers of players that's come through. This just just the name of blue. A few guys. So there's there's a lot of great basketball players, in behind me and in front of me. Phil, how does a a kid from Ohio end up at Michigan instead of Ohio State? Well, that was kind of hard. I always I always say this. I, my goal was to go to Ohio State. I mean, I think that was my goal. Growing up, I thought I was going to play for Ohio State, but or uh, just didn't work out that way when I went on the visit. You know, just a lot of things. I didn't feel comfortable with, so um, I ended up going to Michigan. You know, that was a hard decision. It was really hard to leave the state of Ohio. Man, that that had to be tough as a kid growing up, and and especially like nowadays, every team is on TV. So maybe you know it's not that big a deal when kids go all over the country, but in those days, obviously, it was a different situation. So then you play four four years at Michigan, you get drafted by the Pistons, and after a couple of years, you end up on the Cavs. What was that like? I mean, being from the area and then ended up playing for the Cavaliers. At first, you were very excited about it. You know, I'm excited about the opportunity to come home and play. But, you know, the Pistons were just starting to, to make that move forward. You know, Isaiah yeah. had came on board. So we were starting to get to be pretty decent. And now I come home to the Cavs and we're just the seller drillers. I mean, we're yeah. at the bottom. And, I mean, it's just terrible. It's, it's tough, man. Nobody would come to the games. We couldn't win games. So... It didn't work out the way. I always thought that I would come back and pray for the Cavs at the end of my career, not the beginning of my career. So I was hoping to do that one day. But it just coming back is still always big. You always wanted to play hard and, and show out. But it was very difficult because we, we wasn't a very good team. Yeah. And it, it's hard when you lose you lose as many games in my in one season as I lost in my whole career of basketball. Mm. That's crazy. You know, Phil, what is the difference? I, we talked to a lot of guys that, you know, Brad Sellers is, is uh, on the cast, and we, we've talked to uh, a lot of guys, Charles Oakley, 
um, some of those individuals who, who come from that era where it was 80s basketball. You had the Pistons really starting to make their move with Isaiah Thomas. Obviously, you had the Lakers and obviously you had the Celtics. Um, what was that era? How did that era differ um, from the era today? And do you believe it was it, it was tougher to play back then it is now? I think it was tougher because they kind of like put you in a box. You know, you are a rebounder or you are a defender. You know, they didn't give you the, the slices that they the pie they give you now. You know, but it was always tougher because you had to have a skill. You know, you couldn't you, could, you had to do a little bit more than just be a shooter. Sometimes you had to be like, I got to be able to guard, I got to be able to defend. So it became very tough, but. You know, the game has changed for the better, though. You know, back then it was very physical, didn't, didn't shoot a lot of threes. But now we see that, you know, it's just a wide-open game. They like scoring. People like to see scoring. The league likes to scoring. So it's a lot more uh, going at, going towards scoring. So it's wide open. I think the game was good for uh, when I played the way it was played. But I think the game is even better now the way the guys play now. And I don't – because, you know, you, you have to get better each year. You have to – change the product. The product can't stay the same. You know, and I think the product has changed with the players and the, and the and even so the players now, the conditioning and the, all the stuff they do to make themselves uh, even better athletes and to last a long time in the league. Phil, I just want to, if, if you could, we're having a little uh, static when you're talking, unfortunately. If you could just move okay. your phone a tiny bit, maybe that would help it. All right. Let me see. Let's Let me get the static out. Let me see if I put my earplug in. That might help. Troubleshooting on the fly. That's yeah, yeah. fine. It's a staple of UCSS here. It's interesting uh, when we get Phil uh, back. I'll ask him. Phil back. I'll ask him. That most that. players don't like the new generation. They prefer their generation. Yeah, yeah. That was so interesting. it's interesting that he thinks it's it's better as the game has progressed. I can hear me. Can hear me now? No, unfortunately, it's, it's actually even worse. Yeah, it's yeah, worse. It's worse. Trying to reconnect. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Phil, drop out and click that link again. Um, sometimes it's just the uh, internet issue that's unfortunately okay. out of our control. So we'll bring you back in one sec. Thanks. Phil. Yeah, Jason. Um, you know, sometimes I look at it. And I, I told Jason, I said, man, when are we going to give Steph Curry's flowers? <laughs> like, because I, I just think he's the poster child of this era. Like a lot of people. He it, changed the game more than anybody. Yes. He's like Drake. So he's Drake. And, and I grew up listening to Jay-Z and Nas and Snoop and Dre and, and, and Wu-Tang Tribe Called Quest. I grew up listening to those. So when Drake came around, I'm like, come on, man. You got this dude singing. He emotional. He making songs for ladies. And, and you know, he looking all, like, he rap and sing. But after a certain point in time, you got to be like, well, this dude got more hits than everybody. The dude just keeps coming out. He been out for years, and he keep bringing it. And I think the same way with Steph Curry, like, at what point do older the older generations embrace him and say, look, he revolutionized the way you play basketball. He did, but you can stop with this nonsense about putting him on the Mount Rushmore basketball top, top and 10. take LeBron off. I, well, that hold on. Is, LeBron doesn't, that? LeBron don't got to go nowhere. LeBron's not going Stephen nowhere. Stephen A said if the Warriors stop. win a ring that they'll put it's time to take, it might be time to take LeBron off Mount Rushmore Come on, and put Steve, Steve and on, put Steve. Steph on. Come on. Listen, That's a joke. Steph what? is, Come Steph on. is a wonderful player who has done wonderful things for this game. I'm he is not, uh, he is not carrying is a franchise around? 
the way that LeBron yeah. can carry a franchise. I'm just trying to get him. That's ridiculous. You making my job harder, Stephen A. I'm trying to I'm trying put, to convince put, these dudes to put, put him in the top let's 10. Let's put Stephen A. on that Cavs team in 2018 <laughs> and see if they make the finals. <laughs> what does Steph Curry no do way. better than LeBron except the three-point shot? Shoot. That's what yeah. he does. He shoots. Well, well LeBron, and, and from anywhere, LeBron from the parking does everything lot. else. Okay, fine. LeBron does everything else better. Every other aspect of the game. Totally agree. LeBron's uh, better. That's totally agree. It's crazy. We got Phil back with us. We can't test his audio until we take him live. So, Phil, Phil, <laughs> just real quick. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, better. Hey, there we go. Okay. all right, Phil. We were just having a conversation. It was interesting to me. Most players of your generation and past generations don't like as the game progresses. They like their generation better and think they did it better and they were tougher and stronger and all that. But you seem to like where the game is headed. That's just curious to me because most guys of your generation don't like where things have gone. Well, it's not that, you know, because I coached too and I played and coached in the league. So you, you have to look at it like this. It was better for, for me when I played. That was great. You know, everything was good then. With the style of basketball we played, we had to live that, you know, play that way because the game was physical, it was tough, you had to defend, you had to, you know, be, you had to be tough, you know, you had to be a lot tougher than you are today because, but again, if we, if that product was here today, I don't think everybody would like to see that product. You know, I think people want to see the product advance and that's what the game has done. It advanced to a better stage. Mm. If it's three-point shooting, yeah, they don't, they don't play. We all, I, I think I can score 20. You know, because they don't guard. So, yeah. hey, that, that's, but that's the way the game goes. The flow of the game is different now. It's a lot you know, different. Phil, it's a lot different. We, we was just sitting here while we were trying to reconnect you talking about um, Steph Curry, right? So, right. you know, to me, Steph Curry, more than anybody, has changed the game, you know, in a way that we, we didn't foresee coming. I, I believe you played in an era where you didn't have the three-point line. And then they they brought the three point line in somewhere during during your career. Um, can you talk about how the three point shot has kind of changed the way coaches? Because you coach as well. How coaches yeah. think about that shot particular now? It's a bunch of threes and layups in terms of what they used to be when there was no three point line. I I, I think you guys can leave. You know, Mark. I had Mark. I played with Mark Price, one of the really top three point shooters. If Mark was playing now or playing back then, they used it more. Like, you know, Mark probably only shot about six or seven threes, and we were thinking that was a lot, you know, because. But Mark Price was a great shooter, and he he definitely could shoot with any of these guys, I believe, today. But you know, again, we didn't use the three-point line as much when it came into effect. The coaches always wanted to slow and control the game, and three-point. If you took all those threes, they'd be like taking you out and setting you on the bench. You know, so you try to get to the bucket, get the easy two, get the easy basket. And it was more about that than it was the three-point line. But as the three-point line evolved and today's game, it is just such a, you know, a big thing of everybody wants to see. Now, this Steph Curry. He is the one that started shooting it. But, you know, you got to give Reggie Miller some credit, mm -hmm. Ray Allen some credit, you know, some guys. But he just took it to a, a, a super advanced level when Steph came. By the way, Mark Price will be on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show uh, one week from today, so we look forward to that. So you were on the 1976 gold medal winning Olympic team. So uh, there's, there's actually a lot of interesting names of, of note there, guys who were coaches, guys who are, who are executives in the league years later. What was that experience like? And I was looking at the scores from that year, and you guys only beat Puerto Rico by one point. I don't, I don't think a Puerto Rico is a big basketball country, so give me – 
if you could tell us your thoughts on the Olympics in general and what happened in that game specifically. Is there a really great I'll, player I'll there you. we didn't know about? That we yeah, he's a player you didn't know about. But what happened was we were supposed to have this big matchup against the Russians. But on the way, we had we was in the pool play, which they have, and we were playing Puerto Rico, and they had Bush Lee from Marquette. Okay. And he had a heck of a game. And the rest of the players, you know, he kept the game close. And it was just he kept scoring. We, we couldn't control him, and he really just had a heck of a game. And that's really why the game was close, because he did a lot of scoring, a lot of isos, and a lot of pick and roll. And he was able to keep the game close. That's the one reason that the game was close, and we struggled a little bit. But still, we, we, we came out on top one or one and a half. But it was just one point, but that was the reason why. But the thing about the Olympics was we felt like we were going to have a game against the Russians, but it, it ended up being Yugoslavia. And yeah. we still got the medal, but it was just a heck of an experience because we all was college players. You know, at yeah. that time we were college players playing against men, uh, grown professionals. So uh, it just changed. You know, that was a big thing, and we only practiced for like maybe two and a half months, and then we went out there to Montreal and won the, the medal. But my teammates, you know, Adrian Dantley, Miss Kupchak, um, Ernie Grunfield. Quinn Buckner, and there also was a big thing about all the ACC players that got picked to be on the team. Mm. You know, because it was a big because Coach Smith was the coach, and he picked a lot. He picked almost all ACC players. You know, so it was just crazy how that worked. But it all worked out. We won the medal, and we came back home. Everybody was happy. Nice, Phil. You're talking earlier about when you were traded here, and how lean it was. You missed <laughs> out on a championship window. You're part of the yeah. Bill Lane Beer trade. Bill goes to Detroit. They start winning titles. Yeah. You come here and you're and I playing. I go to the cellar. <laughs> yeah. How <laughs> tough was how That's tough cool. was that mentally for you? I, I think I think I didn't see it that way till they just got to winning. But you know, because I saw it as an opportunity to come home and try to build something. But you know, again, as it as you look back, you look at it that way. But I always was happy to be here to play for the Cavs. I think that uh, that was pride thing. You wanted to always see if they, we could do well. You know and I think I played for uh, five years or so before we made the playoffs. You know, it just was crazy. We made the playoffs uh, with George Carl's first year, and it was with a losing record because that was the year they extended the playoffs to eight teams or whether eight teams on each side. So we ended up winning, making the playoffs with a losing record, you know, ended up playing the Boston Celtics in the first round. But it was just, you know, it took a long time to get this thing turned around, you know, just where it was going up here because Ted Stepin had put us in such a a dungeon, yeah. you know, a, dun a basketball dungeon. I mean, he put us in a basketball dungeon that we, we almost didn't get out. Mikey, you got a question? Yeah, Phil, you're a Cleveland guy, but played in an era before the Not a Cleveland one. guy, a Canton well, guy. Well, Canton, but that's, that's Cleveland. As no, someone that's enough. Canton, they're not going to say it. LeBron already it, told you. It, it, come on now. LeBron is, is from Akron. Me and Phil are from Canton. The okay. whole I, thought you'd been, I thought you'd been in Cleveland long enough to know <laughs> that people from Canton don't want to hear they're from Cleveland, and people from Akron don't want to hear from Cleveland. My bad. They are Hand different up. cities. Hand up. That is a – I learned something new today yeah. on May 4th. My bad, Phil. All right, being an Ohio guy. Can we all agree? Canton, right. Ohio. Yeah, look, right. Yeah, right. right. Northeast Ohio. Yeah, there being you go. From the United States of America, Phil. Can we all agree? <laughs> being from planet Earth, Phil. Okay. Playing in a generation before the current one. Who's your goat, LeBron or Jordan? You know, man, I was. I, I'm a. I'm an Ohio guy. I'm gonna give LeBron. You know, I think LeBron. They. They one. One A and one two. I'm not gonna take either way from one of them. You know, because LeBron is such a game changer, man. I mean. 
he is the guy. I mean, how how he does that, you know, at 38 years old, the way he performs right now is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Nobody expected him to have the numbers he had this year, mm. you know, scoring-wise. I would have never, you know, me and a couple of my friends were trying to figure out how he was going to break the scoring title, and we thought it would go down to, like, he had to average, like, 20, almost 24 points a game, you know, and, and not missing the games. But, you know, he – his body, man, his his work of art is a uh, is a heck of a thing, man. And then you go with Jordan too. So they're they're on the same level, just different times, man. You know we you you know, but Ohio guy, you know I gotta stick with LeBron, man. man that's what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Three three zero in the building, two three four stand yeah. up. And by the right, way, we're gonna know. print. Phil Hubbard says that LeBron James is the greatest player ever in the Milky Way galaxy. Run with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I say I always, I always gotta give a a one and a two now. You know, they <laughs> right there. You know, you got, I don't want to take anything away because you know I, I guard. I, I played against Michael Jordan, uh, guarded him on switches, unfortunately. But I never had to guard him for the whole game. So I didn't have to worry about it. Peg Elo had to get that assignment. Harper get that work. That <laughs> but you that, know, and then I coached, I coached in the era where LeBron came in. Yeah. And yeah. seeing him develop from the first year in Cleveland and how he got how much better he's gotten over the years, how much he improved his jump shot, how much he developed his body. And it's just, you know, those are the players, man. They're they you know, on the Mount Everest, they are there. You know, their faces are up there. So, you know, it's hard to um try to separate, you know, you're going to take this guy, you're going to take this. But, you know, LeBron's, Michael's such a, a different body structure. You know, LeBron is yeah. built, strong, you know, just, and, you know, they both have a high-level IQ of basketball. So, you know, you you can't go wrong with either one of them. But, you know, we, we always try to slide the Ohio guy inside yep. LeBron inside him in. Thanks, Phil. We appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for joining Thanks, us. Thanks, All right. Oh, no problem, guys. Bye. All right, All right. All right but Good talking to Phil good. Hubbard. Former Cavalier. Yeah. By age 38, Michael had already retired twice. Yeah, that's like, true. Think about that. Yeah. By 38, Brown's still going. Michael retired twice. Not just still going. Like, usually the players that are still playing in the NBA at 38, the few of them that there are, are like barely playing. 29, mm-hmm. 29 points, eight rebounds, seven assists. That was 30, his average? This year. At age 38. At 38. Remarkable. He can't do what he did. In 2016, no, but in those bursts, but he's still a top 20 player. He could, he's still top he 10. he was the top best player. Top 10 still. He was but, the best player on the floor in the Memphis but series. Think, think about this. I'm just looking at this now. Now he he, he was averaging 25 from 2014-15 all the way to 2021. His highest point totals were he, he averaged 27 well, and a half one year. Player, part of it is that nobody plays any defense at all anymore during the regular season. But the last two years, yeah, last year he averaged 30. I know it's crazy. It's all it's nuts, Mikey. What do you got? Uh, one last reminder to everybody, real quick, that the lunch hour of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show is sponsored by Colleague Racing, the official and only NASCAR team of Northeast Ohio. I was going to rip you for something. What was it? What was it? Do you remember? Yeah. Well, we're talking Jordan Lebron, which is a good segue to the take that I have yeah that you didn't like during our, our break earlier but yeah oh, I do believe that if you win MVP oh yeah this is terrible in any game. season if you are voted the league MVP should be an automatic ticket to the Hall of Fame that's ridiculous that doesn't make any sense yeah that's crazy why I love you Mikey. It, the Hall of Fame but is reserved crazy. for the best of the best players I mean you're only the, the best for one year basketball puts everybody in the real quick at any point in your career if you were the best player voted on by media teams whatever you were voted the best player Give me that over someone who was 
you know, a top 15 guy for 10 years. Give me a guy for one year was the single best player in the Doesn't league. Doesn't make any sense. That Hall of Fame favorite. is not about one year. It's about a career. About that is the career. ultimate lifetime achievement award. Yeah. Like, that's the one. Right. And I don't like, on the other end, I don't like, and we see this in baseball a lot, where players that were really good for a long time are now get Harold Baines. Yeah. You know, guys like that, uh, Negro. I mean, that, like, that, that's because I don't like that either. That's because they won't put the You can't just be great for one year. And I know Derrick Rose was great. Derrick Rose was not great long enough to me. So, so you, you think Derrick Rose should be in the Hall of Fame? That's a good example. I do. Derrick Rose is the hole where this all started. I do think I, Derrick Rose I, I should, don't be, think should be I mean, I don't care about the basketball Hall of Fame. Is there, is there, basketball Hall of Fame is a joke. That's crazy. Is, is there anybody who's won an MVP that is not in the basketball Hall no, of Fame? No, because most guys that win MVP in the NBA are great for their whole careers. Or, and basketball know. lets everybody in. Yeah, it's so the easiest Hall of Fame to get in. the Basketball Hall of Fame. I totally. might be in one day. Just buy a ticket, walk. Like, they'll let anybody in the Basketball they Hall of Fame. They writers in, too. Yeah, but the whole, the whole I'm joking. Hall of Fame I won't is, actually be. Yeah. It's broken. Like, the Hall of Fame <laughs> as a pre- premise itself is broken. They let way too many guys in. But when you think of the Hall of Fame, it should be reserved for the single best of the best players. Like right. The guys and Derrick Rose is not truly, one of the truly, single truly best truly of the elite. best players. Derrick Rose for one year was the best player in basketball. Now, I don't think he should have won. I well, don't think he should have won, but so he was awarded. That's even more absurd that he, <laughs> he was, he's he was Hall awarded Hall of Fame. He the win. highest honor in the Mike, league for you're one telling me year. You're, if you have a player, I, I don't even know if there's an example of this, but if you have player A who finishes between second and fifth in the MVP eight out of ten years but never wins it, and player B never finishes in the top ten but one year finishes first, You'd rather have that guy in the Hall of Fame than the than the other guy? That makes no sense. Yeah, and and Derrick Rose, looking at his career, a I forgot how long he's been in the NBA. Do you know how many seasons Derrick Rose played? Has yeah, played, he's still probably playing? played. Yeah, but I when was the last time he was good? Fifteen? Is he played fifteen years? Yeah, uh, he averaged nineteen points a game four years ago. That's meaningless now. But he has a three-year stretch before he got hurt from yeah. two thousand nine to twenty twelve. Where he was arguably the best or second best point guard. Not long enough. He, he's, in, he's you know what? I don't want to debate it because who cares? He's gonna. That's he, your worst take ever. He's gonna. <laughs> no. he, so here's the. Oh, you it's know, your this, worst take ever. I'm gonna. I'll agree I'll with you worse. to a certain extent. He's going to get in based on injury. Derrick Rose. He's not getting. And is this just basketball or all sports? Because it's even dumber take if it's no, all no, sports. No, no, just bad, just bad. Okay. Just so, bad. So, Derrick like Rose will not. So if you here's my thing. If you let Terrell Davis in in the Hall of Fame and he's a running back. And that's a it's not apples to apples. Why? Because NFL careers are much shorter and Terrell Davis for his entire and I I don't know that I would put would have voted Terrell Davis in the Hall of Fame personally, but Terrell Davis when he played was great. His the whole time he played. Derrick Rose was not. But but there's multiple people that are in the in the Hall of Fame and they're there because their career got cut short by injury. Gail Sayer. Now he's not on levels. Gail Sayer was hurt. I think it's a different sport and those guys played longer ago. I don't think guys are getting in that way as much anymore. Well, I mean, you got to think about it. If, if you no, say, who's in the Baseball Hall of Fame that nobody in the Baseball Hall of Fame, like Don Mattingly for five years, if you're old enough to remember, Don Mattingly was, if not the best player in baseball, one, he was incredible now, for five years. But he got hurt, and he was just a guy after that. He doesn't go to the Hall of Fame. Now, baseball is different. Baseball is a lifetime achievement. That is the ultimate nope, lifetime achievement. No, nope, but this is well, but you I mean to get in the baseball hall of fame, you gotta you gotta think about the feats. You got three thousand home runs is a benchmark. Three hundred. No, 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 five hundred home runs. Five hundred home runs. Three thousand hit five hundred home runs yeah. is, is the bench. 
they don't care about your stolen bases because they don't even really do it anymore. Even if you got multiple golden gloves, like they're like, mm, okay, you're a good defensive player. They, Guys used to get in for defense. They don't anymore. It's hard as hell it's to get changing, a baseball. It's changing. I don't know. But one other thing, by the way, last week, Mike. Wait, wait. Can yeah. I put one more point on the MVP yeah. thing? Rose is going to be the true indicator of this because every NBA MVP. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. VP is in the Hall of Fame. But that's because all the active. most, I think all of the others that I can think of were all great players for a yeah, that, that's what lot I'm longer so, than so Derek Rose. Rose is, kind of, Rose is going to be the test case for yeah, this. Yeah, he's not going to get he all ain't going in. He's not going to get all He's the youngest he the NBA MVP ever, though. What did he say, G? Was he the number one overall pick? Yeah. Derek Rose was, yes. Yeah. And he's oh, the youngest him, NBA man. MVP ever. He's not going to Honestly, him, I don't, I don't even, I should argue this this long. It's a terrible take. <laughs> I don't, I couldn't possibly care less about the, the it's not even an NBA Hall of Fame. It's, it's a basketball Hall It's of a fame. basketball yeah. Hall of Fame, which is so lame. It includes your college. It's ridiculous. I don't know. Just stupid. All right, what were you saying? So Mikey came uh, along with Anthony last week. We haven't had a chance to talk about this. They both came to my Little League practice. Did you guys hear about this? Have you no. heard about this? Did he throw BP? Did he hit he any kids? He threw BP. He was terrible. Who? Mikey? Mikey was terrible. Well, that, BP. That's a load of horse crap. <laughs> First off, Bull puts up a kid, and I'm, I don't know his name. He was like two foot three. And he crouched down the strike They're zone. They're nine years old. How tall do you expect them to be? I grouped one into Aaron, and he sent it to, the, to left field. He did smoke Aaron one. Aaron crushed one. Yeah. It, it, by the way, I I, I don't want to revert. McNuggets, you might be right. Yeah. Um, Christian Leitner is in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's Derrick for Rose Duke. Is getting in. That's and for that's Duke. Derrick Rose, Rose is not getting in. It's getting in. If based on Christian Leitner is in the Hall of Fame. That's Chris, based on Duke. He's I, I don't an care. Great I don't care. We'll, we'll put Derrick Rose in for Memphis. All He's right, going put in. him in. I don't give a crap. There you go. Put him it's in. done. But Mike, let's get to the throw. His pitching was rough. Everything was coming in high. He's like, everything was like, you know, like in softball, you got the, the, the arc. pitch. Yeah. That yeah. was like every pitch by Mike. It's true. I had him. Listen, I haven't <laughs> thrown a baseball in a couple of years. Anthony Cole. I was expecting big things from you. Well, I mean, listen, you're a young man for crying out loud. I threw some good BP. And then Bull comes up and Bull steps in. Bull throws like 15 straight balls after. And he's like, oh, not my best shot. That's because I've thrown like 3,000. <laughs> First of all, I don't, I'm not a good <laughs> BP pitcher. But I've thrown like an absurd amount of. Pitches so you would point. think you have the rhythm down. I'm exhausted, down. and I I thought you would help me, and you did. And it was not very nice of him to come, and, I, and very nice of Anthony to come, and I appreciate that they did. But I thought you'd be throw more strikes. But in your in your defense, you got better as, as the day went along. I had another friend of mine who came from out of town. He practiced with us last weekend, and he was the same thing. He was a total disaster, and he's really tall, my friend. He's like six two. And he was throwing everything high. And then as the day I mean, went along, I'll come right. and help you out because I throw BP off. Well, I, I, 
At this point now, the season is starting. We were supposed to have two scrimmage games this week. They both got rained out. So That's opening awesome. day Saturday and the game uh, starts. See, we already missed left. the window because yeah. I finally got a roster. I really wanted oh, to finally, scrim- and we've got a ton of fifth graders yeah. and not as many sixth graders as I thought. So the lopsided wouldn't be as bad. Yeah, we only have so we had six fourth graders and six third graders, and honestly, the best kid on the team, one of the fourth graders, we don't have him. He's not going to play this season because he's playing another sport. So, so, so I said to my son today. We're gonna win the whole effing thing even without him. So Aaron, so Aaron, uh, his batting practice has helped out. It has. He still swings he and misses one. He smoked one off me. But he smoked one. Yeah. I mean that he hit the, Was that the day he hit the one the left center? Yeah, it was the best hit of the day. That it, I was it like three rolled to the fence. Yeah, he crushed it. And most he has an upward swing though. We got we got a level. Yeah, up yeah. Swing. His he tries to kill launch like a, angle, baby. A lot of launch these angle. So what it is? So with a lot of these kids, I got to tell them to swing a little harder because they're swinging like two. Yeah. My son is like trying to kill every single pitch. Atta boy. He's like Dave King. Remember Dave King? Yeah. It's like strike out or home run. Or home run. <laughs> he also throws the ball. You could be two feet away from Aaron. Yeah, he's gonna throw you. A he's bullet. gonna rocket it in like he's throwing it from the outside. Is he a pitcher? There is no. I, There's no in between. No, because he cannot. His you have no clue where the ball is going. That's my AJ. We yeah. joked about it in the car the yeah. other day. Like he, once it leaves his hand, it could go over the backstop. So, yeah, it could go right in the mid. He, it could and, hit you in the ribs. And He's the got thing no is, idea I need where it's another going. pitcher because the kid I lost for the team was going to be one of my two main pitchers. So my hope is by the second half of the season he could pitch. I have we've been doing fielding and hitting lessons with extra coaching. And now he's just started pitching. Because if he can get some command, he throws really hard. Make him 99. We'll see you in overtime. Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.